Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f- we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Welcome to Wander. Hello. Hello, my love. Welcome back to Wander. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've talked. We've been releasing a lot of episodes from our business pleasure trip in Idaho. So now we're back to recording. We are. And this one's going to come out. I miss you so much. Seriously. This one's going to come out June 7th. So we're doing good. I literally remember recording episodes where you were like, this is going to come out at the end of April. Like, what the heck? Time is so weird. Time is crazy. Time is a thief. I agree. I hate that. I feel like only yesterday I was like just getting my driver's license. (laughs) I don't don't remember that. (laughs) No, I had like a full on panic attack the first time. Oh, wow. I had to come back later. The first time you had. I didn't, I didn't even do the test. Like I didn't fail. Something oh. with my paperwork oh. went wrong and I had to come back. Oh my gosh. Sarah. I had like crazy nervous diarrhea. Like it's all for the best. Oh, I probably yeah. would have shat my pants with my, yeah. 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 Oh my God. <laughs> that is not what we're talking about today. Sorry. <laughs> no, Olivia, please tell <laughs> us what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so today is going to be a little bit of like a vulnerable one. I'm going to kind of direct it. You know, your girl's got some more mental health issues than Sandy has talked about. (laughs) That Sandy has uh, realized and maybe (laughs) accepted. So, hey. (laughs) Okay. I'm coming off of a therapy session this morning. Literally an hour ago, I was talking about my problems. So I'm still very present in said moment. And this is one that we were just talking about before we hit record. I did an outline for in November of 2022. So it's been something that's been, you know, in the works for a while, but also an issue I've been struggling with for literally as long as I can remember. So I want to talk specifically about that, give some space to it, and also like kind of talk about it without Mm -hmm. feeling shame towards it too. Cause I, Mm -hmm. you know, I kept myself silent for a while with that. So we're going to get into it. It's a specific phobia that I have. Um, so to start before we get into that, I thought, you know, cause I, I don't want it to be all serious and all like Mm -hmm. gloomy. Um, I wanted to play a little bit of a game. So let me, let me pull up. I took a little screenshot of, um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six phobias. I looked up online and I'm going to attempt to pronounce the hard ones. So forgive me if I botch that, but I wanted you to guess what they are. Oh gosh. (laughs) Okay. I thought this would be fun. Um, some of them, I feel like you'd be able to decipher, you know, with prefix Mm. prefixes. Yeah, hopefully. So, but I mean, your girl's blonde, so uh, two of them I think you could come up with, and then okay. the rest of them I picked because they're like wild. Okay, okay. great. So we'll this. start with an easy one first. Okay, gynophobia. Gynophobia, like the gynecologist. You're scared to go to the gynecologist. Okay. No. Close. 
Why are they called a gynecologist? What is their specific work in? Vaginas? No, I mean, yes, but like you're being Lady super literal. Part. It's females. It's fear of women. Oh. So. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> Is that one you thought I would get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What about this one? Dentophobia. Uh, afraid of the dentist. Nice. Afraid of going to the dentist. That is right. All right. I really like the dentist, do you? I hate the dentist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could go on, on about that, but we'll pass. Okay. okay. Um, I might skip one of these because it's stupid. This one. The fact that it's a thing, mm -hmm. that shows that the world is messed up. N okay, hold on. Nomophonia. Phobia. Nomophobia. 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 Um, you have no, you're not going to get it, so just guess something. Um, fear of mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> what? It is not that. It is a fear of being without your phone. Oh, wow. Isn't that sad? Uh, I kind of have that. I do too, though, but, like, because I'm a woman, you know? Like, yeah. if I'm in public. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'm going to do two more, and they're all really hard to pronounce. So, like, if I botch this, hey. I mean, it's going to be rough. Okay, so here we go. It's got, like, more than 26 letters. Hippo. Hippopotomonstrosesquibiadelophobia. Uh, fear of hippotamuses. <laughs> fear of long words. And it's oh, like the wow. longest word ever. Wow. <laughs> really like ironic and rude for people that struggle with this. Don't you think? I, yeah. Wow. Okay, Can you even pronounce one? that if you have that? No. Absolutely not. I would look it up Bad. now to see how Google pronounces it, but like mm. even putting it into the search engine would take me like a good five minutes. Oh, exactly. I would yeah, have so. no idea. Hippopotamus. So we won't do I that just one. Heard, heard hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then this one's probably like my favorite because it's just like so random and it makes me so happy. Okay. Our, oh, shoot. Our, arachibutrophobia. I'm not good at pronouncing words I don't know, so also I could be doing that wrong. Arachibutrophobia. Um, fear of insects. I heard right. <laughs> That's arachnophobia. That's a spider, I think. Oh, no. Okay, are you ready? This is my favorite thing. Fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh! <laughs> That's a thing. Oh my I gosh. Guess. That's sad. I guess. Isn't it sad? That's really sad. I love peanut butter. But I, I love I really, peanut butter as well. I don't like it sticking to the roof of my mouth, but I don't have that fear. Yeah, and I I don't want to bring this up as like a ha ha, like no. for anybody that struggles with these because phobias are no joke. Like no. I, I speak from that being someone that suffers from one supposedly is what yeah. some therapists have told me. So um, yeah. if this is something that you struggle with or you have a different phobia or just anxiety in general, I want the overall theme of this episode to be you know, unless you have a licensed degree and some kind of mental health counseling or psychiatry, mm -hmm. in my point of view, which I, you know, I always think whatever you think 
meaning me, is how everybody should think because it's my opinion. You know, like everybody's like that with their own thoughts. But like truly, when it comes to mental health, you cannot see what's happening, what's being processed, what's being thought and felt within somebody's own brain. So Mm -hmm. the fact that people cast judgment on that, like, literally makes no sense to me. It makes me so angry. I agree. Um, So, like, if you felt made fun of, that is not our point of view at all. At all. Um, No. But also, like, if this has nothing to do with what you go through and you're just listening to my issues, I hope that you take that, you know, going forward as well. Because this is a really vulnerable topic for me. Mm -hmm. And, um... It's taken me a long time to be like, yeah, I'm actually going to talk about it, Mm -hmm. you know, in, on this platform, but also in general life, I've been in therapy for almost three years, started it for this specific reason, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think this is true for a lot of people's mental health story. They go into therapy for a specific reason, and then they realize that there's a lot more underlining issues that they weren't aware of originally. So you know, it has been like the main theme because I keep going back to it because I want to work on it. But, um, you know, I uncovered a lot of other issues, childhood related, yeah, parental related, like, and if this is a family member listening to it, like that's how therapy is from my experience, from hearing Colton's experience, from hearing, you know, other friends that are in therapy, Mm -hmm. a lot of issues go back to childhood. So, you know, humans in general aren't perfect. Nope. There's going to be hiccups along the way and these impact impressionable people, which are children. So let's begin. I feel like I'm kind of avoiding it because it's like hard to just like say it, but Uh, that's okay. That's okay. We're all here to listen and accept you and we're cheering you on always, Olivia. Well, thanks. So, um, I'll just get right to it. Mm -hmm. I have tocophobia and so did I'm you pausing. know what this was before therapy no like the word okay. no yeah, yeah I I remember where I was when my first therapist sent me through because mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out what it was if it was just like body dysmorphia and for anybody that's waiting for me to drop the ball it's like a, yeah. it's a phobia of pregnancy sorry um <laughs> I remember I was at work at Washington on one of my travel contracts two summers ago and she sent me through like, do you think this is what it is? And I read a little blurb about it. I don't know if it was on like Mayo Clinic or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I had to go to the bathroom and like sit on the floor and just like take some deep breaths and cry because I was like, I feel so seen. Wow. Because I... Mm -hmm. I always thought that something was wrong with me. Something's deficient in me because, like, I'm a female. This is how my anatomy is. This is, like, one of the reasons my body was created, quote, unquote, is to, like, potentially bring life into the world. And, like, this is supposed to be a beautiful thing. And there's so many women that struggle with it. I have a sister-in-law that, you know, couldn't have kids, so they had to do IVF. So, like, there's an amount Mm. of shame that I carry around even verbalizing that this is an issue to other people, let alone myself. So, um, don't, you know, that's easier said than done with most mental health things, but I appreciate Mm -hmm. your support. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about what it is in general and then focus on the specifics with me Mm -hmm. and then kind of explain like, again, why it's important to share about this kind of stuff and be vulnerable. So we'll get into it because it's, it's specific to me and like, 
different ways than other people. There's two different types of it. So tocophobia can be primary and secondary. Oh, Primary is broken down by like, you have no experience with pregnancy Mm. before you just have this fear, which is what I have. Mm -hmm. Never been pregnant before, never had like a miscarriage, never had like a a triggering event involving pregnancy to cause this phobia. Yeah. Um, Secondary is geared towards, you know, people that have had some kind of pregnancy trauma, whether that Mm -hmm. be a traumatic birth, some kind of maybe like a miscarriage situation. Okay. Okay, So there's two different kinds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of causes are kind of across the board as well. You can have a history of sexual assault. It can be, you know, a fear related to like childbirth itself and having medical professionals in and around your lady bits, you know, touching things and being in a space where you feel very like vulnerable and potentially triggered. So that makes total Mm -hmm. sense to to me. And I would assume it would make sense to someone listening to that specific type of it or cause of it, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, you can call, you can have it from, um, you know, the unknown of complications related to childbirth. You can have it related to like lifestyle changes. If you think about like a huge shift in becoming a mother, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's, it's not really any of those. It's just like the unknown about the specifics with pregnancy. Cause I guess you can look at it two different ways where it's like, okay, I either have for, for primary, I guess I'm talking in, okay. in my specific scenario. Am I fearful of childbirth or am I fearful of pregnancy itself? And for me, childbirth, like if I could wake up tomorrow and be like crowning 10 centimeters ready to push, I would do that 100%. I've talked about yeah. it with my therapist before and I've joked about it. Like if I could just go into a coma and when I find out I'm pregnant wow. and wake wow. up and I'm giving birth, I would be down. And like, yeah, yeah that's funny. And I use humor yeah. as a coping mechanism yeah. through this, but um, it's not the childbirth for me. For me, that feels like the epitome of womanhood. It's a like top of the mountain experience yeah. that I would in, like, I hope to get to a point where I can enjoy that. You know, yeah. obviously I would, you know, want to get an epidural, but oh, it's not the child. It's not the childbirth situation for me. It's all the like changes in my body Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll get into that. So for me specifically, it's like biting the bullet, getting pregnant and walking through that chapter. That's Mm -hmm. very terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was a separate issue, uh, in comparison to the anxiety and mental health struggles that I already had related to my history with Mm -hmm. my heart condition. And if you haven't, if you don't have background on that, it's one of our earlier episodes about mental health. I think it's like number four, maybe five. I opened up talking about my struggles with mental health. And I feel like that is all culminated and started when I was in middle school. And so a quick background, I struggled with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and I kind of came out of nowhere when I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. I would wake up and have like debilitating symptoms of nausea, vomiting, dizziness, you know, fainting. My blood pressure bottoms out. My heart rate skyrockets. It was very difficult for me to continue responsibilities of a person that age with homework, extracurricular activities, you know, expectations of family, teachers, all of that. So that really, really brought on a lot of anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I also talked about in that episode a thing that I did with one of my therapists. It's called EMDR. It's uh, a type of therapy where you kind of like tap into your subconscious with eye movements and um, you're supposed to focus on a specific triggering event to kind of bring out what's going on internally and working through that. So through that process, I made a huge connection between this like loss of control in my own body, fear of my own body with it being similar to the pregnancy Mm. phobia. So interesting. I, it, it's a source of comfort to realize that they're connected and it's not this separate issue, but it's also like, so true. it's also like, oh crap. Cause I, I don't know how to expect like a full conclusion or like breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I used to think like when I started therapy, oh, this is going to be like the thing that happens that cures me or fixes me. And then I thought that again, when I started medication where it's like, oh my gosh, Mm. I'm going to change my brain chemicals internally. I'm Mm. literally making a change. And now that I've been on them for six plus months, I'm like, okay, I need to start accepting that like, I'm never going to be fully healed. And I have to like step into that unknown. That's really, really causing a lot of fear. So yeah, I guess to kind of take to take a little like rabbit trail off of it. If you follow me on social media, if you're my friend, if you're a family member, you know, however you listen to this, if you feel like you know me to some degree, I just want this conversation to be reflective of like you don't really know what people are struggling with behind closed doors in their own mind. Um I'm in a really difficult chapter of my life right now. Try not to cry. Um, I'm sending them hugs. I've been afraid of this for as long as I can remember. And I still like want to be a mom. I want to have kids. I want to see Colton as a dad Mm -hmm. and to know that like, I have to face the biggest fear of my life in order to get through that. It's like really isolating when a lot of people would like love to be pregnant, look mm-hmm. forward to this chapter, like their entire lives. And I don't want to negate that. That's awesome. I wish I had that, but I don't. So, you know, I'm, I'm working through like how I can set boundaries for myself, how I can lean on other people. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's also like, I was telling Sandy before we hit record that, there's an element of fear that comes out of taking a step forward towards growth too. Cause it's like, I use work. I use mm-hmm. hiking to some degree. I use responsibilities. I use chores. I make myself busy to make mm-hmm. this issue and these thoughts smaller or pushed back to the back of my mind. And the mm-hmm. idea of, changing this from a me problem, a personal therapy problem and shifting it to a couple problem. We've started couples therapy recently to take Colton on as a teammate instead of, you know, somebody that just watches me suffer through this is really scary too. Cause it's like taking that step towards growth. Mm -hmm. So, which is incredible. 
I I admire you so much, Olivia, for like Ugh, thanks. just being so in it's touch just, with everything and yeah. Yeah, I've heard that from friends before that are like, you're just so in touch with your emotions and that's just like such a cool quality that you're so emotionally mature. And like normally mm-hmm. I would agree and I do appreciate mm-hmm. that about myself, but in this specific subject, it almost makes things worse for me because I know to a certain degree, the whole thing is probably going to be easier than what my brain is making it out to be. But like, there's no, I told my therapist today, there's no dipping your toe. You're either pregnant Uh or you're not. And so the fact that I can't like experiment with that is it's the unknowns that like literally keep me stuck in the ground yeah so Mm -hmm. the unknowns are scary for sure yeah there's just a lot of unknowns going on right now with life too Mm -hmm. um the travel nurse now uh market is difficult we had always imagined that alaska would be you know this summer for us this big last shindig hurrah we we drive up there spend the summer exploring And it's just not working out. And so Mm -hmm. we're having this new potential situation going on where we just go up there and I don't have a contract and I really devote time to working through this issue. Mm -hmm. And again, it's the same thing as adding Colton into this issue with me where it's like potential for growth freaks me out. So I'm like having a hard time pulling the trigger on like, yeah, this is something I want to commit to doing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there's just a lot going on right now, but um, I, I kind of want to talk. Thank you. I love you too. I kind of want to talk a little bit about like why, aside from the physical issues that I had that caused this uh, mental phobia problem, I want to talk about like more of the emotional side of things, because yeah. if there's anybody that's listening that like struggles with this, I for so long felt so incredibly isolated and like deficient Mm -hmm. in being a female because of this issue. When I would reach out to friends, I would use humor because, you know, they didn't get it. Even telling them they didn't get it. Like there was some degree of like, yeah, it's like, it's unknown. And like, that's a little bit nervous, Mm -hmm. but like you get a baby. And like, I just felt kind of like, I get what you're saying, but why can't I see it that way then? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of all over the place and I'm going to try and rein it back in, but I love it <laughs> for me personally. Um, it's definitely my heart condition history, but it's also a little bit about, um, religious trauma. And mm. I struggled with the idea of talking about this as well, but, um, you know, I'm just being fully vulnerable. So I guess yes. why wouldn't I full send it? Yep. So, From my background, I was raised in a conservative Christian family from a very conservative small town. Everybody knows everybody's business. And I was very much taught to believe that sex outside of marriage was an absolute no. And if you got pregnant outside of marriage, your life was over. It was literally the worst thing that could happen to you. So I grew up with the idea of like, 
I was very much set on the purity ring situation, the I'm saving myself for marriage. I was a virgin when I got married. Like, I'm not ashamed of that. And to some degree, I'm like proud that I only have that intimate relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of issues that I carry around with that, that I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't think men and I don't think people that were raised outside of this kind of culture will ever fully get. Yeah. Um, where like, there's still, even to this day, like I've been married for almost six years. There's an element of shame associated with anything sexually, because it was drilled into my head that like these desires and these feelings are wrong. So if you think about it, like with most things in therapy, say I started therapy when I was 25, maybe 26, I have 26 years of this thinking and you expect me to change it within two years across the board, especially people that are not attached to their emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. It's going to require so much work if they even realize it at all. Years. Years. Exactly. Which is like helpful for me to realize because it's like, oh, okay. When I get frustrated with myself with the little progress I've made, but it's also really frustrating because it's scary. Like, Mm-hmm. I have so much negative and so much hurt and anxiety to undo before I can like get through. Yeah. So, and that's another issue that I guess I haven't even really like had these per, like conversations with Colton about being a parent and how I would choose to raise a kid when it comes to subjects like this, because I so desperately would not want if I had a daughter to feel the things that I felt in regards no. to certain topics like this. Cause there's so much confusion and there's so much pain. That's like, it's ultimately unnecessary to some degree. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, For sure. Yeah. And as I mentioned in the episode where we talked about my mental health previously, my, my previous therapist do, does think that I have an element of PTSD Mm -hmm. Um, with my past health issue and also like being a nurse, I see a lot of, you know, it's just, you're constantly being exposed to trauma, exposed to end of life situations, whether or not the, some, the patient in front of you is coding, they could be like an elderly person that's making decisions and you're seeing the family cope with that. And it is a lot. It is Uh a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. I couldn't do it. It's just a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. How could TV it not shows make be? it seem make it seem like even I don't know how to I guess I don't know what thought I'm going off of. Like I'm I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy again. It's like a comfort show. <laughs> and I also do that as like a way to distract too, that yeah. my therapist has pointed out. And I know that, but like I do think I have an element of ADHD too, where it's like, if I have mm-hmm. music or Netflix playing on in the background, I can like wash the dishes easier. So like, yes, there's a lot going on up here and I'm aware that of that. And- too. <laughs> with work. Oh, I got to edit with the show on. And Alex is like, yeah. you know, you'd probably get so much more done if you didn't have a show on. I'm like, no, I need it on. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're so hard to understand yeah, we subconsciously are. and it's hard to break through patterns that we are so used to because they're like a scar on our brain is what my therapist used is like a imagery scar on our brain i love that yeah 
which makes total sense for me. Yeah. Um, and I also want to talk about like societal pressures, expectations too, specifically when it comes to like this age that we're in and how it's affected my phobia. Mm-hmm. But also I think it can relate to people in general where it's like, I'm 28 now. I've been married for almost six years. Like people start asking questions literally the week after you get married. Day after. Why, why do we do why? that? Mm-hmm. You have one kid, m- like my older brother and sister-in-law have. They start asking about another one. Like, yeah. Also, when you're pregnant, you go out in public and people suddenly realize that like, or not realize, but they like act upon this urge where to touch your stomach mm. when in normal Weird. scenarios, you would never go up and touch a regular person's <laughs> stomach. Like I don't, it's just so hard yeah. for me to accept that as a norm. What? Like, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I just don't get why people insert themselves into other people's like life such intimate personal situations exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and like being from a christian background it's also extremely difficult with the issues that i have to think about and talk about issues like roe v wade issues Mm -hmm. that were recently in the news in the last Mm -hmm. year about like changes with the abortion laws because i so so understand the idea of like this person, this like little being could grow up and change the world, could grow up and like make huge strides towards, you know, like cancer research or be the next Brene Brown, like whatever it is. And then to have that decision taken from them or that opportunity taken from the world, Mm -hmm. I get that that's potentially not right. But this idea of forcing a woman to do something that she's not financially, emotionally, physically prepared to do is also extremely triggering for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes away the human right. And it, it essentially changes the woman into like cattle or like a vessel for something else. And I really struggle with that too. Yeah. Because I would feel extremely, out of control. If I were in that scenario, I wouldn't know what to do. Like truly, I worry a lot in my own personal situation of like the changes and constantly being like hyper fixated on like, oh, do I have a a belly bump today? Or like, I worry a lot about what feelings and thoughts I would have when I'm like in the shower and I'm Mm -hmm. like starting to show. I worry about that a lot, a lot, a lot. That's probably my biggest issue is that feeling of thoughts being trapped inside my own brain and not knowing how to reach out to other people. And even if I did and they said something, it wouldn't comfort me. Yeah. That's really scary. Yeah. And like feeling movement for the first time. Oh my gosh. I've, I've Uh always been like, been like that. And I, before I started therapy and before I really realized it, it was always like, well, this is how I am. This is the issue that I have. I would talk about feeling upset or triggered by certain cinematic themes or um, plots, I guess, where like bodies would change without control. It's stupid. Like a Disney movie triggered me growing up the 13th year where the kid turns into the mermaid. Freaked me out. Huge. 
freak me mm-hmm. out. The Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen, I won't mm-hmm. watch them. I will really? not ever watch them. No. Oh. And like my family again is from like a Republican background, Christian based. Mm-hmm. So they already don't agree with, you know, homophobia. It makes me upset because again, you don't know what's going on inside somebody else's brain. No. And I don't ever want to feel better than somebody or like pass off judgment because there's so much wrong with me that I I think it's, I think it really, it doesn't give like Christianity or God in general, a good name. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so there's been like a lot of associated shame with even talking about that. No. Talking about my own issues with them. Cause it's always like, well, you'll change your mind or like, Oh, interesting this idea like i already have so many thoughts internally i don't need you to project yours onto me to begin with but this like you'd be such a good mom or like one of colton's Uh, friends has said stuff about like this friend is colton's good friend and when they first met supposedly he asked colton what do you want to be when you grow up meaning like a career based and colton was like a dad which is cute. Like I already know Colton would be a great dad. You don't have to tell me that, but he has told me that story multiple times. And I feel like, you know, Colton well enough to know probably that this is an issue I have. Like, and I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it, but I cried after that. Cause I felt so like, I put so much blame on myself. (sighs) And, like, I get people can say, like, oh, you have so much time and you're on no timeline and, like, this is your own story. But the idea of, like, my mind is all over the place, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're listening to this, you can probably tell that, like, I'm not looking at an outline anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to be, like, really present and vulnerable and it's hard. But I struggle with the idea. what we're here for. Truly. Yeah. We're all about I, being real. I struggle with the idea of like, I keep pushing and I keep trying to work through this and I never do. And I find out that like my time is up. Like I can't have a kid. Um, I worry about regret and like self-loathing a lot. Mm-hmm. I worry about that being the thing that like makes Colton and I's marriage crumble no matter how many times he says like that's not that's not going to happen it's still a fear that i oh, can't yeah. really shut off mm-hmm. um and you know i'm sure people are probably like why can't you just do a surrogate or like adopt or whatever mm-hmm. it's a thought that i've had it's a topic that we have talked about to some degree but like to some in some ways the idea of doing that or I'm talking about surrogacy specifically is kind of like giving up mm. um, or not facing it completely. Mm. I like therapy because it's like you're conquering yourself and that's your yeah. biggest like rival in life. Yeah. Um, and it, I just, and I also think about the finance aspect of it and like all that money that we could put towards a house or, you know, something else. Yeah. Because it's really expensive. It's like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and adapting have, too is ridiculous. Yeah, and and that's not an issue for me. Like, 
I have, we've had this conversation, Sandy, about the dogs Mm -hmm. where you're like, you have, you like dogs a little bit different than me. I'm like, this is my dog. Different dog people. (laughs) Yeah. My dogs are my children. I have no issue, no doubt that if I were to adopt, that would be it. Like, I don't need blood to feel connection at all. Like the friendships that I have now in life in a lot of ways feel like a closer relationship than some of my family members because they just get me to a different level is that one of those persons me it is it is yeah I would agree with that I would agree with that I'm extremely close with my sisters but like I don't know I think you know like you're my best friend (laughs) I think you know that already (laughs) and I don't I don't think it's like Mm -hmm an offensive thing or to be taken the wrong way, especially if you're a family member listening to this. Mm -mm. It's just like a different. Yeah. It's different and that's okay. hundred percent. So, I mean, I could talk about this for literal hours. I find my own brain in an extremely interesting and difficult place to exist. I do too. I want to (laughs) dive into your brain. Keep on spilling. So, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting, especially like I recently had to change therapists and mm-hmm. to have to kind of get to the nitty gritty about everything again and to see like certain facial reactions or questions and having to explain them again and know that it's like not understood or even like overtly accepted right away is kind of a challenge. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just, I don't know. And I'm in an, we're at a place in life too, where it's like, we need to figure out, are we going to settle down? Where is that going to be? Mm -hmm. I worry. I don't think so. (laughs) Come on. I'm sorry. Come on. I worry a lot Mm. about regrets or. Yeah taking large leaps into a decision that I ultimately grow tired of, grow bored of. Yeah. I don't think, I I don't doubt that with a kid. Like if I had a kid, Mm -hmm. see you later, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. But it would, I think, or at least I'm painting this romanticized picture that it would be a lot easier to have that process take place in a place that felt like an eternal home or yeah. with people that felt very safe to me. So like I need to do the work to get friends up to date, to come up with certain boundaries or phrases that I can mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. in public. If, you know, somebody touches my stomach or like a friend touches yeah. my stomach to take a picture and I'm not ready for that. Like, I really don't think at this point that I will ever want that. And it makes me sad too, because it's like, you're missing out on some of the joys of like connection I've thought about the fact that, like, I don't know that I'll want a baby shower. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that feels kind of isolating. And I, and I don't want to ever offend people. But, like, this no. is not your journey to be completely yeah. blunt. And, like, if you're taking personal offense after, like, I'll probably send this potentially episode to some people that would be heavily involved. There's a level of isolation yeah. that this phobia gives me and I'm also like 
really afraid of letting people into it of the idea of going through it with them. Yeah. But I also like know that there's an element of connection that I would want with some people that are like non-judgmental. But I also know that that's a lot to ask of some of the friends that I have. They're in the same chapter of life that I'm in Mm -hmm. because they could potentially be like buying a house or getting married or having a kid of their own at the same time or already busy with kids of their own. And I don't want to ever feel like a burden. And this issue feels so much like that. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but you're, you also don't have a kid yet. You're not pregnant yet. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. But like at the same time, like the unknowns scare the shit out of me as well. Like we're thinking probably within the next year or two, hopefully have Mm -hmm. a kid. And like, that's Mm -hmm. scary. It's like changing your life and like changing absolutely everything for this little human being is terrifying to me i've also like i've tried to take specific uh comments or quotes from therapy and other Mm -hmm. people that i have like really vulnerable conversations with and one of the things that you said to me has been something that i like repeat in my mind when i'm trying to like i have a quote up on my mirror right now can you see it the little orange sticky note no i can't it says my body is a safe place to exist So, like, I'm trying to take certain things and, like, meditate on them or really think on them because I would would think of things like that in the EMDR sessions when I was coming down from, like, a really stressful pass where I would think the absolute opposite of something like that. And my therapist would come up with, like, certain little phrases like that that I could kind of, like, repeat to myself when I felt really triggered. And one of the things that you said when you visited me in Idaho was, like, it's just more it's just more of the good stuff it's more uh I said that? like yeah like when we were talking about it at the bakery with the macarons you're like when I picture having a kid it's not like letting go of this chapter of life it's just like more goodness more yeah. more love more fun and I was like huh I've never I like I can't believe I, I said that <laughs> I mean, you didn't say it in like this, like really profound way. You just said it and it kind of hit me in a way that it was like, yeah, I could kind of see it that way. Yeah. So I just don't, I I would like to pile up a whole bunch of these little phrases and be able to run through them with myself or with other people. And maybe that's one that you can do with me is like, it's just more of of the good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, cause I talked to you about like how aging freaks me out and like yeah. settling down mm-hmm. freaks me out. Having kids freaks yeah. me out. All these feelings of like permanent and letting go of the age I was last year, the year I was last year, like everything gives me anxiety, mm-hmm. new year's Eve birthdays, you name it. Like how am I already this old? Oh, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, I think I'm still in high school most some days, like yeah. easily. And but my I would never said, go back to high school. Well, oh, I would. Well, Not for the health issues, but like I had fun. <laughs> I mean, um, I did too, but meh. <laughs> I just really love this chapter oh, I a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's scary to let go of that. But even yeah. when I, I tried like a year ago to really be vulnerable and have this conversation with my mom and it like 
didn't necessarily go the way that I wanted it to, but she also said something that was kind of profound. And like, I know these things, but like, I've never, it's one thing to like tell yourself that versus telling somebody that knows you that. And she kind of was like, you have this fear of this like loss of control, but when have you ever been in control to begin with when it comes to your own body? And I was like, (laughs) you're right. That's true. Like you don't have control on a daily basis. You don't know what to expect is going to happen. No. Um, You don't know if you're going to have to go shit yourself or right now you might just. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. But that's also scary too. Yeah, it's It's, scary. The world is a scary place. And I also think that like there's some work I need to do about my idea of powerlessness in being a female that has kind of been like driven in with the way I was raised to be afraid of everybody and everything until mm-hmm. proven otherwise type of Don't thing. Don't trust anyone. Don't mm-hmm. trust anyone. Always have a weapon. Look for the mm-hmm. exits, which mm-hmm. is smart. You know, yeah. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I don't appreciate that that's the way I was taught to grow up, but there are negative consequences to certain things like that that are hard to undo. That scar is there yeah. forever. And I hate that to some degree too. So like, Life is hard. I'm not trying to blame my parents. I'm not trying to blame my religion, blame myself and my circumstances. But like, you don't know what's going on in other people's minds. And I just wish the world was like kinder to everybody. Honestly, Mm. I agree. Kindness goes a long, long way. If I could wrap it up, I guess this would be a good opportunity to kind of talk about a lot of the steps I'm currently trying to take yes, I'd love to work to through this. <laughs> so I kind of already talked about like the um, affirmations and stuff on my mirror. I want to do that, mm-hmm. but also like um, in EMDR, I miss the therapist so much. She was like Aww. so focused. Uh, we would go through these passes and we would think about a specific issue, whether it was like, it's something neutral. Okay. So we would think about like the school bus ride because that's normally when my symptoms would come on. So she would talk about a bus and I'd start doing the passes and she would do the rhythmic marks and I'm supposed to move my eyes back and forth every time. And I start having these feelings and my, my brain starts like bringing things up that I had kind of like really shoved down and forgot about. And it had become subconscious to me. Mm-hmm. And I would feel that loss of control. I would feel myself dissociating, going numb, like all these like huge, intense loss of control, scary feelings. And once I get through that, she would pause for a minute and she would say like, what's going on? And then we do some more until she felt like, like sometimes I would cry and it was like, where is this coming from? This is literally wild. And I loved that I could uncover that. Yeah. Um, And then towards the end of the session, she would start shifting towards a safe place that we came up with before we ever started EMDR, which is like, it's a neutral place. But it's also like a place that I can experience again in my mind very viscerally. So we would go through, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but it's okay. The senses that I experienced in that moment. So I pictured myself journaling by um, Delicate Arch, right? In in Moab Arches National Park. I did a solo hike up there. And I spent like four hours the entire afternoon journaling up there. And I can picture like crisp, clean air 
that I was like feeling and smelling on my face. I could Mm -hmm. hear people laughing, taking pictures. I could see the arch, see the sun, like feel it on my cheeks, feel that sense of like conquering. Cause I, you know, I'm afraid to hike by myself and I did Mm -hmm. it and just like, ah, just a good moment. And I would go there a lot. And I had this really like emotional last session with her. Cause like, I didn't want to let her go. And it's not like we had to move on, but like it's a licensing thing with me changing states. So like it had been a long time coming Sad. and it was this feeling of like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but I've been wanting to get a tattoo to like remember and reflect on this chapter because mm. I feel like it's pretty evident that I'm an anxious person to begin with. And the fact that I took this huge leap to travel nurse to live this life that I'm living right now. Incredible. Wild. <laughs> like I never would have ma- imagined because I felt so confined to my health in high school and in mm-hmm. middle school and like the restrictions of it. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, oh, relate that to pregnancy and imagine how great you'll feel once you have a kid. Like, believe me, I thought of it all. Oh, gosh. Um, I didn't want to even think of that. Come on. <laughs> But uh, I want this tattoo. It's like half cactus, half pine tree to signify all these places that I've been and I've lived and I've worked through. And I want, I wanted to come up with a word. I want it right here on my wrist. I wanted a specific spot and I want it to say, because at the end of every EMDR session, my therapist would be like, okay, let's come up with those phrases that we work through this week. And one of them Mm -hmm. is like, my body is a safe place. And in this last EMDR session, I was doing a lot of passes in feeling in that good place where I felt like conquer conquering. I'm at the top of all these hikes. Mm -hmm. So I had a couple instances with EMDR where like certain songs would come up. I think I talked Mm -hmm. to you about that before with that like big dick energy song came up at one point. (laughs) It usually happens when I'm like going to that safe place. Mm -hmm. But I had this one come up and it's by a really like random band, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Oh, yes. Uh (laughs) And it was, I love them a lot. Mm -hmm. It was Free Fall. And it's a really popular one of theirs. Mm-hmm. It's probably their most popular. Called on the devil and the devil saying, "Hey, why are you being late?" Yeah. Um, and I never really understood that song, and so I looked up the lyrics afterwards. Um, and it was just like really good. Like, look it up if you have time. I don't want to like yeah. take any more time already. But it was kind of like free falling into the unknown, like trusting your oh. gut. Wow. Um, so I want to put the word like free fall against the like trunk of the tree so that I can see it. And I was like, if I can actively just focus on this when I'm having a really hard time, I can picture myself like having a breakdown, being pregnant, feeling lost, feeling like nobody else can really like talk me out of these fears. Colton, you, Maddie, Marissa, any of my close friends, I feel trapped inside my own mind and inside my own body. And I can like reflect on that. I feel like that would be really good, but I'm also struggling a little bit because I'm already hashtag team tatted and I have, you know, some family members that don't agree with that, but like, this feels very much like something I need to do for myself. Yeah. So I, I think I would like that commemorated on a podcast so I can kind of like send this to people and just be like, Hey, 
you know, yeah. I'm messed up, but like I'm trying and this is, this is, Aww. you know, why I have that. So kind of like get over your opinions type of thing. Honestly, we're all messed up in ways. So, yeah. and a lot of people just don't even realize, Yeah, but I'm in touch. I'm not in touch, but I'm in touch that I'm messed up. So I don't yeah. care. That's so the we first are. step, we're right? We're human. Yeah. yeah. We're human. So that's, that's me. That's tokophobia. And, uh, you know, if you struggle with it, hey, there is a Facebook yeah. group. There's like maybe 3,000 oh, women on amazing. it. It's not a are huge. It? Yeah. It's not a great resource because it's oh. just like a lot of girls posting like, how am I going to get through this? Which like, I'm not trying to make fun of, no. but like, I wish there was more resources there. Oh, hundred percent. That's what I was like. Is there anything? So that's good. That at least there's a Facebook group. There is the occasional story that women will post pictures of their infants and say like, it is so much better than we make it out to be. This is really? my story. You can message me. You can, you know, you can do it. And I love reading those. I love yeah reading, you know, like other moms that have gone through it that will comment and be like, yes, completely. This is my story. Um, I just love the idea of that, like kinship that we all have in that Mm -hmm. Facebook group, but like, you know, it's not a great source of comfort at the same time. So like, maybe that's what I can be if we like release this podcast. Absolutely. Um, Team Olivia. I just think in general that women struggle with a lot that goes unsaid or shamed by society. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to change that a little bit. So this is me just like owning my own vulnerability and saying, you know, this is what I struggle with and I'm working on it. And if you have anything to say that contradicts it, tells me I should get over it, tells me that. Shove it up your butt. Seriously. (laughs) you no <laughs> um quite frankly <laughs> like you don't know so no matter what it is that we struggle with like please mind your own business if you have anything nobody mean to say say it to yourself because you're a butthole yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> olivia you're freaking amazing and i adore <sighs> you and i don't tell you that enough so i love you and i wish i could give you a hug right now and thank you You actually say it more than a lot of people in my life. I am a words of affirmation person, and I've always appreciated that about you. So I love you as well. Well, I really just want you to know that. I do. And, like, I don't know my family. We always say it. Like, when I talk to my mom, I love you. My sisters (laughs) love you. Like, yeah. We're, We're very open about that. My other friend, Olivia, is not like one that says it very much and like I get it it's different for everyone but I love you yeah I would like to change that in my future family Mm. we can raise our kids together maybe I would love that how fun would that be that would be super fun maybe you will get me to Wisconsin yeah I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) you're not kidding You're not kidding. You're moving. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Anyway, if you're still listening, yes, thank you for going through this with me. I appreciate your patience as I was all over the place. But um, if you got this far and you found some something helpful in it, you know, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I think it was amazing. Thank you for being being vulnerable. Peace out, Wandies. You're welcome. Bye. 
Thank you so, so much for listening to Wand Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.